Welcome to the Star Weaver Podcast. Here we hope to bring you insights into technology, business, and your career. Thank you very much, Robert, for joining us. Um, I'm Paul Siegel. This is Robert McMillan. We will jump into it at another Meet the Gurus. Um, I appreciate everyone arriving in Robert's time, um, particularly as we all know, I'm not the guru. I'm the talking head that engages in conversation and hopefully takes your questions as well. Um, today's topic is really Windows Server 2019, but mostly it's about servers and servers on-prem, servers in the cloud, and obviously a whole myriad of top topics that Robert has for you know many years, I'll say decades, um, been immersed in. So with that, I want to just really introduce Robert McMillan. Um, Robert, tell us a little about yourself, kind of how you got into the the whole world, take us back of uh, not, not, not that <laughs> into the world way back then, but how you... <laughs> How did you get into the world of technology? What what was the passion that drove you? What kind of let you, led you into one direction versus another? That would be really helpful for the uh, for the viewers. You know, my first career was in photography, and um, you know, I I had started taking pictures uh, for the local newspaper, and eventually getting into weddings and things like that. And I opened my first uh, store, which was like a combination film developing and photography studio, uh, when I had just turned nineteen. Right. And uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Eventually, built it up to three stores and studios. Um, but then, all of a sudden, around the mid nineties, things started to change. Things started to go digital. And all the, the things that I had built up suddenly became like, uh, you know, the, the guy who was building wagon wheels in the in the era of uh, cars. And I realized, uh, you know, I got to get out of this business while it's still worth something and, you know, get into technology because obviously that's the way things are going. And so I ended up uh, selling everything I had and went back to college to, uh, to learn technology. And so it was fascinating. And of course, um, at that time in the mid '90s, uh, Novell was king as far as you know having a client-server type of uh, setup. And so I learned Novell, and then eventually Microsoft started taking over the market. I learned Microsoft, and then I started uh, you know working for other people just to see what it was kind of like. And then finally, uh, you know, 9/11 happened, and in 2001, and then. Um, uh, after working for a few years for other people, I decided, you know what, it's time that I start my own consulting company. Um, I actually believed it would be, you know, more stable because you wouldn't have to worry about the whims of the market. You know, I could, I could move back and forth depending on what uh, vertical market might be hot. And so at that point, I'd been heavily involved in Microsoft. I had I received my earned my first uh, MCSE and uh, NT4, and then Windows 2000. And as as time went on, I realized that uh, you know this. Is uh, as a long-term, you know, business. This is really, uh, you know, a great place to be. And I, I enjoyed the work. I started hiring people. Eventually, building up into a multi-million-dollar company in the in Oregon area. And uh, it, it was uh, it, it was something that I really liked. But one thing that I, I felt was missing was, uh, you know, my mom had told me a long time ago, you know, you're going to be a teacher. And I said, I'm not going to be a teacher because when you be a teacher, then you're going to be poor. <laughs> you know, they don't pay teachers. <laughs> but, you know, if you're a teacher in technology, it's a completely different different. Uh, they actually do value you and they do pay you for it. Um, so as, as time went on, I started thinking about my exit plan from technology and, and becoming a, a teacher. And so um, I earned my bachelor's and, and master's degree and moved to uh, starting teaching 
at the local community college. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And eventually I sold my, my consulting practice so I could help teach people uh, you know, how to get into technology. And that's really what we're, we're here today to talk about, right? There's a lot of people out there who are either just thinking about getting into you know, an IT career or they're already in it and they want to know how to make more money, how to, to you know, get them the maximum amount uh, out of their careers. And that, that's really what I do almost all the time now, uh, making uh, you know, courses, making you know, uh, videos individually, and then, of course, uh, teaching. It's actually fascinating. You mentioned Novell, and years ago I was in the banking business and then tech banking. But uh, at that time, I was in uh, the East Coast. I uh, worked uh, heavily with some of the venture capital firms. One was called uh, 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 Safeguard Scientific, and Safeguard Scientific was founded by a guy named Pete Musser. And Pete Musser's mm. license plate in his very old car, almost like a, a war, a kind of a Warren Buffett situation where he had made so much money, it was unbelievable, but he still had his car from 30 years before, was Novell. Because he was the guy, who, <laughs> Muster was the guy who backed Novell. So in the parking lot, was his, that was his one, one, I guess his one splurge. But people, uh, you, know, you mentioned kind of some interesting things, number, not, not the least of which was film, not the least of which was Novell. Now these are things that have not really been uh Cutting edge and current, current. I guess film might be these days. Had to come back, but networking is really where you began, right? Your fundamental roots were in, you know, putting together uh, computers and putting together servers and putting together communication systems. So, you know, and that all that all rests on the concept of oh, there are servers behind that that serve up this information. So the world has changed radically from the on-prem to the cloud. Where does Windows and Microsoft sit in this whole that universe? I mean, it's kind of a <laughs> big question, but, you know, there's all sorts of products. And we talked about this for Windows, you know, uh, Server um, 2019 versus Azure versus the cloud. So where do all these, if you can, in some way, distill the way to think about it for someone who's relatively new to that arena? Yeah, if you're new to this this entire type of business, um, you definitely want to learn two operating systems. Uh, one, of course, would be you know Microsoft Windows Server and client, you know Windows 10. But um, also, you'd want to learn Linux, uh, and in some cases, Unix. Unix is, is uh, similar to Linux. Obviously, Linux was based on Unix a long time ago. Uh, there are a lot of different flavors of Linux, but if you get, get if you pull up a command prompt or you know a shell, it, it, they pretty much all use the same you know commands at that point. But um, what I found is that, you know, to this day, that Windows drives the, um, the connectivity between the client and the server. Uh, whereas Linux is more uh, of an application uh, type of a server. So in other words, uh, Active Directory is still um, going to be, you know, the, the king uh, on premises for now and eventually in the cloud over the next, you know, 10, 15 years uh, where you would authenticate to a, an Active Directory server in, you know, at Azure or at AWS, Amazon Web Services, you know, either one. So uh, if you're breaking into this, uh, this entire thing, Microsoft would like you to believe that everything is going to be in the cloud. Microsoft even killed, killed off their MCSE program, uh, Certified System Expert uh, program, as of January 31st. And they're just going now with you know, badges and, and you know, things like that. It, it, it's all based on Azure for the most part. Um, so they would have you believe that this is the way things are. But they're not. Things are headed that direction. Uh, 
but they are not anywhere near there. I think that Microsoft is premature in, in, in cutting that off. So the, uh, the thing you want to learn is a combination of on-premises and cloud technology. Uh, for the very first uh, you know, cloud type of certification, the AZ900 from Microsoft is a really good one. It gets your feet wet into Azure. Yep. As far as Azure versus AWS, uh, for a long time, AWS was king. Uh, Microsoft has cut into that lead. It's it's getting close to being even at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you can do everything at Amazon as far as you know Microsoft servers goes and things like that that you can uh, do basically you know in Azure for you know basic client server type management. Uh, but Azure has added a lot of uh, new pieces to that as well that for me makes that more attractive. So if I were to teach cloud you know, computing, which platform would I use? I would go with uh, the Azure platform. Um, we see people moving more from AWS to Azure than the other way around, uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, but for a long time, Active Directory on-premises is going to be here and uh, you're going to want to learn, you know, client server. And uh, we've got a lot of great videos and courses uh, to, you know, to help you learn that. Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned, we were talking with Tiago Costa the other day, who does a lot of Azure work, and particularly also AZ900, was the comment that, you know, if you compare the two, forget the technology for a moment, but if you look at it from a purely business point of view, think about how long Microsoft's been around, think about how many business clients Microsoft has, which is in the millions, the many millions, um, and then think about if you're a consultant or looking for a job, you choose. Um, how many more opportunities you have to work with a client that probably is using Microsoft products in one form or another. And, you know, as I like to joke, you know, why did it take God six days to create the heavens and earth? Well, he didn't have an installed base of users. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Microsoft has a quite enormous installed base of users. So if you're trying to jump on the on that wagon, there's not, you know, not, not a small amount to be said for the value of that wagon. So... Um, so it's quite interesting. So where, you know, let you talk about Active Directory and obviously the fundamentals of that. Talk about literally from, a, you know, a neophyte's point of view. What is it? Why is it important? And how do you begin to learn about it as a, um, uh, a young practitioner? Sure. Well, it's very important because 95% of all Fortune 500 companies are using it, and uh, that's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, what it is is it's it's an extensible database. So what's what is extensible? Well, if you think of it as like a rubber band, you know, you can make it bigger, you can make it smaller. Um, it's all based on the objects that you put into it. An object can be a username. An object can be a computer. It can be a printer. Uh, there's a lot of other you know. It can be a group. A lot of things you know can be objects inside Active Directory. And what Active Directory does. Is, is it securely manages that information so users can authenticate into uh, the database. So what does authenticate mean? Well, when you authenticate, it means you're going to put in, say, a username, a password, a fingerprint. Uh, you know, you may do a bone scan. I went to one uh, you know, data center that used a bone scan uh, to uh, uh, authenticate you know, people to be able to get into you know, the data center. Uh, so there's lots of different things that you can do to authenticate. Once you're authenticated into Active Directory, then you need to be authorized. And authorization means that you're able to use specific resources. You're able to print to that printer. You're able to open up that share. You're able to use that application. All those things are done by Active Directory. And they're done in a way that's secure. So uh, if you need, uh, you know, 
technology insurance against uh, you know any type of fraud or theft or anything like that. You've got to know Active Directory. If you are, are going to be setting up uh, you know a new dental office or uh, you know any kind of practice, uh, you've got to know Active Directory. And even if you decide to use Active Directory in the cloud, it works pretty much the same way. They have made a few changes to the cloud version, uh, but for the most part. It works, you know, pretty much the same way. So that is Active Directory in a nutshell, and that's pretty much why you need to know it. Pretty much everything <laughs> is an object these days on the cloud or on a network, right? Our phones are obviously our, our watches, most very often, and so you're talking about um, the, you're talking about the universe essentially, right? Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's not a maybe it's not a, a today a, um, a pencil sharpener, but 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 it's getting down to a level of granularity in terms of Obviously, healthcare. You pointed that out in terms of authentication, but clearly, uh, you know, uh, 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 diabetes-oriented um, uh, uh, measuring uh, devices, heart monitors. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of products out there, and there's a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs. So let's talk about how does one learn? You know, what are the courses that take you through the steps of I'm going to really understand Active Directory as a foundational element of my awareness of networks, servers, etc. So where am I going and, and things that hang on those? Yeah, so if you're going to learn, uh, there, you know, the, the times are changing as far as where and, and how we learn things. Uh, there was a time where you would go to a very expensive boot camp <laughs> that would cost, uh, you know, three to eight thousand dollars for a week. I remember somebody trying to sell me on that, you know, long, long time ago. And they'll either prepare you for a certification or they'll prepare you to learn, you know, a specific technology. Uh, but that's that's pretty much in the past. You know, nowadays um, you're either going to be purchasing a course or you're going to be subscribing to a company and you're going to be seeing technology from people like myself and, and other gurus out there that have been in this business for a long time. And you can take these videos and you can watch these videos in bite-sized increments because, you know, who has an entire week or entire month to just take off of work and uh, unless, of course, you're unemployed right now and, uh, and, and you know, watch and, and learn all these different things and then go take a certification test, you know. The, those days are, are kind of you know um, difficult to come by. So you you want to be able to learn when you can. You know you, you know, learn on your phone. You know learn on your computer. That kind of thing. Um, community colleges and, and universities they're also great places to, to learn these kind of things. But you know what they're doing is they're taking the courses you know from from places you know such as Starweaver and they're you know using them and then they're teaching them in the classroom. Um, so the advantage to that is that you get somebody you can actually ask questions you know, live to, which is awesome. Um, but you can still, of course, ask questions you know, through uh, online videos as well. It may not be immediate feedback, but you know, there, there uh, are ways to do that. Um, and so uh, labs are another great thing. So you want to make sure that you have either a really good desktop or a beefed up laptop uh, running you know, Windows 10, um, and, and then you could use Hyper-V, you could use VirtualBox, you could use VMware Workstation, or player and then uh, put virtual machines onto your computers and then when you do that um, you can practice creating a lab um, create that lab 
uh, pardon me, create that lab that you can, uh, you know, then, you know, create an Active Directory server and then create a client to join that, you know, that server and see how things interact. I remember the first time I set up a DHCP server uh, in my house. I did, you know, this is before virtual machines. Um, and I was fascinated to see how a server could hand an IP address to a client and then that client could then go out and use the internet. And I learned that all, you know, at home, you know, uh, on, on my own. That's the kind of thing you need to do. But now you've got help. You've got videos that walk you through it. Um, you've got people that you can reach out to while you're at home. So things are so much better than they were 20 years ago uh, for, for people who are just breaking into the, uh, the industry. Yeah, one of the things we've we've added, obviously, are live labs and challenges, which is just what you're talking about, is learning by doing and interacting with real live instructors is obviously what we're all about. Um, but also sandboxes, spinning up servers, spinning up uh, you know um, uh, 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 tools on the on the cloud that allow you to kind of mimic what you would be doing in a real job or a real function or building something. It's always the learning by doing, you know, it's kind of interesting when you, you talk to people, there is the convenience of asynchronous learning and, you know, but we all probably have lived through the world. If you ever look at any of your online courses, one, if one looks at any one of their courses they paid for, which I have paid for, even though we have about 20 courses on Udemy, for example, I've paid for a few courses and I can look at them, even the courses that I really wanted, I've gotten five to 10% of the way through. However, if I'm sitting with you in an online session or you've assigned me something and on Thursday or next Thursday it's due, it, it presents a quite different uh, proposition. So I, was, I did a little video uh, recently about how you know, one of the problems of online education is sometimes it's purely altruistic. And while we, while we all love to feel, of our, feel, of our, feel, feel that we're altruistic, and in fact, we all need the little cookie or carrot or whatever you want to you know, analogize it to, to keep us moving. So, uh, and, and building is always a great way of doing that, you know, building one thing and then building another block on top of that and another top on that. So I know you've got a whole bunch of courses on our platform and, you know, we're doing more of those live labs soon with you on those. Um, I, I think, you know, so now someone has the fundamentals of, you know, the, the active directory under their belt, if you will. Um, now they're thinking about, okay, now I'm going into the server world. Where do I put my toe? You've talked about prem and uh, you know, on-prem and off-prem in the cloud. Where, where, do you, where do you go next in terms of learning? Yeah, so uh, obviously the live labs, the, the videos, you know, they're they're all great. Um, you you definitely uh, you know want to take advantage of that, and uh, you you then want to create an account at Azure or at AWS, and you want to start doing. Um, so if you've already got your own you know laptop or desktop, and you've you've done the labs, and you've done you know uh, your your homework, and you know you've got that kind of hands-on experience, uh, sign up at Azure. It's free. You can sign up with Azure. Azure will even Give, Microsoft will give you a free $100 a month coupon uh, to create a virtual machine, uh, add storage. Uh, you know, there's all different kinds of things that uh, you can do that you with the you know the information that you've learned from your your labs and and you know your videos that you've already done. And now be careful with the with the price though. I'll just you know give you an idea. When we did our very first. Uh, virtual 
server on Microsoft Azure years ago when things were new. It was really expensive. They, the price has come down actually over the years. Uh, but uh, we, we started up a virtual machine and we just let it sit there. And every once in a while we'd log into it and look at it and maybe, you know, uh, throw some data on there. But we didn't really do that much with it. At the end of the month, we got a bill for $500 from Microsoft. <laughs> right. Right. Now it's more like about, if you leave it on 100% of the time, it's more like about $175 for like a server. Right. Uh, a, a Windows 10 client, it's going to be, you know, maybe around $100, somewhere in that in that neighborhood. Um, so that $100 credit, you know, that comes from Microsoft, you know, could help you, uh, you know, definitely, you know, get your feet wet. But when you're not using the server, shut it down <laughs> because they don't charge for it. It's kind of funny that we just did a course uh, on Snowflake. And, and the, one of the instructors pointed out if you really – and this, this is to a client that's a massive institution – said if you want to become poor quickly, you know, keep Snowflake running. You know, um, because, you know, they, they had the experience in another engagement where for a, another massive company um, by accident was left running and they had a hundred and twenty thousand dollar bill at the end of the wow. month. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they negotiated that downward, but the reality is cost management obviously is an important thing. So, you know, we always talk about this in the way we teach courses, obviously, um, is, you know, the idea of, yes, you need to know the technology, but you need to understand the business issues. Because, you know, you may be the great technologist and then you walk away, as you just described, end up with a big bill and you don't have a job or you don't have a consulting <laughs> client anymore because you didn't realize that. So always be mindful. I mean, that's one of the messages I think I'm taking away as well from you is always be mindful of the fact that you may understand the technology, but don't don't shy away from that billing tab where it says accounting right. billing. Watch that because that's one of your metrics that you need to, to be aware of. So. In terms of um, where do you see, you know, obviously, as you did point out, I mean, we're all pushing to the future. Everyone wants to believe it's going to be cloud and all this kind of stuff. But you have lots of clients that are that are on prem that are still managing these things locally. Um, how does uh, you know, to what, you know, the, let's use an analogy of, you know, one foot on the dock, one foot on the boat. Right. They're they're veering, you know, they're coming back and forth. Right. You know, where is you where are you the network engineer or the server engineer when when you I say you meaning the student, the person learning, where do you need to be? I mean how many where do you keep putting balancing your weight between the boat and the and the the, the, the boat and the dock, meaning the on prem versus the cloud? Well, it depends on which technology you're talking about. For instance, email, uh, you know, there was a time not too long ago, like let's just say up to, to about uh, 10 years ago, where um, you every every office from large to small uh, had an exchange server on-premises. And that was a nightmare because it was, you know, older versions of exchange were very buggy and, you know, had all kinds of problems. So as soon as Office 365 came around, you know, these smaller companies started by, you know, migrating there. So I would say 100% of anybody under 200 employees needs to be, you know, on uh, an online version of email. Don't have an email server, you know, in your coat closet anymore. Um, if you're talking about uh, um, Active Directory, you know, in a larger office, I would say you're better off on premises. So let me give you a little bit of history. So I remember back in the early 2000s, uh, back then, even before there was an Azure and AWS was just getting started, mostly it was uh, it was for corporations, you, you know, a, a regular person couldn't just sign up, you know, at AWS in the early days. And so um, I, I could see that this was the way 
you know, things were going. People no longer wanted to have servers in their closets anymore, uh, where, you know, someone would bring in a winter coat and then they would cover up the fan and it would overheat and then it would shut down. Uh, you know, so they just didn't want that anymore. And so I, I thought to myself, you know, this is a really good time to get into offering services, which is exactly what I did. So um, I rented a cage at a data center, um, and it's, you know, five, six hundred dollars a month. And I put servers in there and then I started offering email services and I started offering website hosting and I, you know, and uh, remote desktop. You know, you could, you could use, uh, you know, have your server hosted by my company and then you could, you know, remote into it and then store all your data there and all your users could remote into it uh, or VPN into it. And it really took off. I mean, it was making, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month in, in a, a fairly short amount of time. But then um, Amazon Web Services and Microsoft Azure came along and they just killed it. I mean, they, they killed that business. And I ended up moving all of my clients off to either Azure or AWS, depending on what they wanted, you know, to do. Um, and so uh, there are those things like websites and things like that. Those are all things you don't want to do that in, in house. However, the things that you do want to do in-house is um, you do want to have your Active Directory server in-house, your clients connecting to that Active Directory server, and um, controlling things using group policy. And we haven't even really talked about group policy, but group policy basically allows you to take those objects and treat them all differently. You can say, hey, if you are an intern, you don't have uh, the ability to shut down the server, for instance. <laughs> you know, if uh, you are an executive, you're going to have priority, you know, to, to maybe print over, you know, people who are not executives. Um, you know, so uh, group policy is a great thing to learn. Uh, internal Active Directory DNS uh, will make you highly employable. If you understand domain name services with Active Directory, you will be highly employable because 95% of any type of connectivity issues are DNS related, and that will also translate you into the cloud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, it's like these are building blocks, one after another. We call them journeys, also, where you you know begin to build from foundational knowledge. So people often jump in and they think ah, that's someone else's job. But often, you know, uh, you find out it becomes your job because that person's out, number one. Or number two, you're suddenly, you know, working on something that requires much more knowledge. So never, you know, I think one of the messages also you made clear is, you know, don't skip ahead to version 5.0 or, you know, the 5.0 level course when you need to get the 1.0 level course. You know, the yeah. program. And it's often a, often a yeah. challenge. Where do you, um, in terms of, uh, you know, I think you've made it pretty clear in terms of, there's all sorts of technologies. Obviously, you're a Microsoft guy because you've been in that uh, universe for quite a while. Where do you see, um, you know, sort of let's as you get into the to the knowledge, where do you uh, to the the more advanced areas? Where do you think the the specialties for someone who's involved in networking and servers should be? Where where should they be focused in terms of where are the tools that are either on Azure or on prep? What do, where do you think the tools are that they should be really most knowledgeable about? I think they should be knowledgeable um, a lot uh, when it comes to networking and security. Uh, Active Directory, you know, it, it's it's uh, there's a finite amount to learn there. Um, but uh, with networking, you've got to understand how the computers. Uh, can connect to each other and you can connect to remote offices. You can connect to, maybe you have a private cloud at a data center like I was explaining earlier, or maybe you have a, a public cloud and a combination of, of those types of things. Um, so, you know, that is really, uh, you know, 
networking is really a, a difficult thing. For instance, uh, not too long in the past, I had a TV station said, you know what, we've got a satellite at every one of our TV stations. You know, most TV stations don't just own one. Uh, you know, some parent company owns six or seven. And they say, you know what, it's killing me. I've got a satellite at every place and they cost hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to manage. And uh, so I said, why don't we, I said, why don't you do this? Let's just have one satellite where you pull in your 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 uh, TV shows from the, the you know from CBS or whatever it is, and um, I will network it. So all the uh, so you pull down the, the shows, and I'll push all the TV shows out to all the other stations, and you'll no longer need all those satellites. And that's exactly what I did. And it was because of my knowledge of networking, I was able to network all those TV stations you know together. And uh, it saved the company hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And it, you know, it made me, of course, a, a pretty good amount of money too. The other thing besides networking I would definitely you know, get involved in is security. Microsoft has come up with a tremendous amount of new security tools. Just-in-time administration, just-enough administration are just a couple of the, uh, the technologies that are, are out there. They've also come up with an anti-crypto button. A lot of people don't even realize it's there. Windows 10 and Windows Server 2019 have a, have a new feature now that can keep your files from being encrypted for ransomware. Many people don't even know that. <laughs> you know, uh, so I would learn the security tools that Microsoft has come up with and, and utilize those tools. Security in itself, of course, is a uh, you know a, a, something you could focus on and you could make your career totally in security. You have to also learn you know Linux security and network security and things like that. Or you could just use that as part of the tools that you use as an IT administrator in a Windows network on a daily basis. So you have a variety of courses on our platform, including one on TCP/IP, one on Hyper-V, uh, Windows Server 2019, and, and, and PowerShell. Talk a little about PowerShell. You've got an introduction to PowerShell course. There are lots of people taking it. Tell us, for the sort of the average consumer, what is PowerShell? Why is it important? And how does it fit into the Microsoft ecosystem? For many years, um, command line has been the way that we have. Uh, configured our servers and our workstations in not only on our local devices but ways we can you know manage our devices remotely whether they're you know in our office or around the world the problem was is everyone was creating commands uh, sort of uh, in their own little fiefdom you know uh, there was no real you know central way of, of doing this kind of thing and so Microsoft came up with PowerShell and said hey here's a set of rules that you all have to adhere to but the nice thing about that is it doesn't matter if 20 different people make uh, you know these these commandlets or scripts you know PowerShell scripts uh, they'll all adhere to these rules so we know that they're all going to work um, which is great it's going to work in every kind of, of situation and whether Microsoft develops you know whatever the commandlets are or whether a third party you know develops them they're going to be able to be integrated and so these rules are what you learn in your TCP IP uh, I'm sorry in your PowerShell basics course uh, PowerShell is basically uh, you know in a nutshell is a verb dash now, you know, get dash volume, you know, uh, show dash disk, you know, all, uh, verb dash now, that's PowerShell. And then after that comes all of these different switches and variables. And uh, those are the things that where you can create very complex uh, commands, uh, commandlets, and, and wrap those into PowerShell scripts uh, that uh, can change your life, really. I mean, they can automate things in ways that we never could do with command line alone. And, and they're shareable and reusable. 
Yeah, shareable. Yeah, absolutely. So that you've created a script and you need to have someone running it or or uh, or understanding how it works. Pretty easy for them to share it from. Uh, and, and is PowerShell mostly a cloud uh, implementation or exclusively? No, it, it's uh, it's either one. <clears throat> it'll work on premises. It'll work on your Windows 10 computer. It'll work on your Windows Server. Um, they've even created what's called a cross-platform PowerShell, so you can run PowerShell commands on Linux now. Blow your mind, right? You can run Windows commands on Linux, and they'll work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you've, you know, I want to just wrap up with kind of the the blue sky opportunity. You know, you're 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 um, you're saying to someone, "Hey, hey, kid, here's where you really need to go. This is in this, you know, the ecosystem, the, the world of which you've described these various tools and technologies under the Microsoft ecosystem. Where would you say they need to head themselves? Where is the true north for you?" As, as an advisor saying to someone, here's where you really need to go. Both the, you've, you've gone through, as you said, you know, you were in the film world, that changed. We all know these things will constantly change and pivoting is right. part of life these days, pivoting always. But if someone's were to set out their boat, if you will, now where is the true north that you would send them? I would send them to on-premises learning first because you're never gonna understand the cloud unless you have your feet on the ground right. uh, first. And uh, then you'll understand what it is that you're doing. For people who uh, are starting out in the cloud, I call them cloud-only illiterates because right. they, they only understand little pieces of what they're seeing. They're not getting the building blocks that they need. Um, so understand Active Directory, Windows Server 2019, although I understand a lot of people still using 2016, that's fine. There's not that much difference between the two. Um, understand... Uh, those technologies first. Understand how clients communicate with servers, um, and then understand the you know how to secure that communication. And uh, there's lots of different ways to do it. Uh, of course, we have a big uh, 2019 uh, server course. Um, and once you get those basics down, you will understand cloud, and cloud will come to you so much more naturally. Yeah, and and these are fields that are not going away. I mean, you know, it's kind of uh, remarkable how networks and servers are all the glue that holds this together, right? If you don't have them, right. you have, you know, a little island. Kind of funny, years ago, I had a business, and one of our tag, our tagline was connecting, it was the mid-90s, connecting islands in a sea of information. Mm. Now, it happened to have been a healthcare-oriented business, so I had the dual problem of the idea that networks mattered, <laughs> and <secondly, laughs> yeah. that healthcare networks mattered. So, you know, so at least fundamentally, we all agree that networks matter. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That, we all agree that the data that flows across them, across servers, et cetera, are pretty essential. That, that is true. Yeah. So I appreciate your time. We'll uh, hope we'll invite, we'll provide links to, to Robert's courses on our platform on this video afterwards so people can see them and come, come to them. And obviously, come sign up. You know, the, the, there are a lot of courses that stream free. You just sign up. You get what we call a Voyager account on our platform. Uh, if you want to upgrade to astronaut and get involved in, we have a commander. I mean, we maybe we were thinking of little two two, two cutesy by half, but <laughs> but um, the idea is to get active in learning by doing. Okay, you don't you don't learn in an environment. And Robert said the same thing that Tiago said the other day. Is you want to learn Azure? Set up an account. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this software is available for download, free for trials. Try it. That's the best way to learn, and and then you know learn from experts like Robert, who can give you 
insights that you will otherwise spend years, you know, banging your head against the wall trying to figure out. So, so with that, Robert, I really appreciate your time, and we'll see you next time on another Meet the Gurus, and definitely online. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts. Also, visit us at StarWeaver.com where you can get much more information about what we do and how we can help you in your career. See you again next time.